0: How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz on Tuesday, October 12, 2021. Ben, you ready for some Braves baseball today?
1: Yeah, we got a lot going on on this podcast, too. A lot oh, of
0: breaking news. Oh, yeah. We had breaking news last night with John Gruden being fired. Also breaking news today with Jorge Soler going to the COVID list. Um, obviously we got to talk about y'all know, Ben Ben was an Alabama graduate, massive Alabama fan. If you listen to one episode of the podcast, you would know that we got to talk about that. We got to talk about Cincinnati sliding in the final four. We got to talk about all kinds of big news coming from the NFL and the biggest storylines. First thing I want to say real quick, Ben, is we did promise this time that this would be the best slate of college football games (laughs) on Saturday, and it actually did deliver for us with some great games, but we'll get to those in a minute. We'll stay with the breaking news first. Ben, first breaking story here, Jorge Soler is placed on the 10-day IL, braves up two games to one on the Brewers, the first pitch here in about an hour. Um, How big do you think this impact is on the team?
1: Well, I definitely think it is an impact. I mean, he was the uh, leadoff hitter, playing very well for the Braves. Really, they got him over in the trade deadline. He's been great for Atlanta. Um, You know, with him being 10 days, it's hard to see. I mean, at this point, they they probably don't have him for most of next series either. He'd be out for at least games one through five of, of the next series if the Braves get there. Um, just because he would come back around game five or six. And he, at that point, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have played baseball for 10 days. I don't know if the Braves just put him back in the lineup if they have someone that's hot. Um, so it's definitely a loss. Um, you know, it looks like Heredia is going to be playing. Center field is a good defensive fielder. They just need him to maybe not come up with big situations. And yeah. if they ask him, to, if they ask him to bunt, he needs to get the bunt down. He's a good base runner. He's a great fielder. Uh, clearly, is the big glue guy of the team, with him waving the pink swords around, making everyone laugh. So, uh, it, I mean, this team can still get it done. They're up two games to one, and uh, they got their ace, Charlie Morton, today.
0: Yeah, and you know, Ben, I'm glad one that Morton starting this is a swim. Me and you talked about. I expect we'll see you Noah pretty early out of the bullpen to kind of finish them off and be the, you know, the second starter for the Braves today, hopefully, and be lights out. Um, the second thing I'm going to say here is in regards to Solaire is. And Heredia, I feel like with Heredia, him being put in the lineup, like you said, not only is he the glue guy, but I feel like it's the guys who come in these games later in the games, you know, or like who are replacements, or the guys who aren't supposed to be in the lineup that are in there. Those are the ones who get the big hits for you. I could definitely see Heredia doing that today. Um, It's kind of shocked, though not to see rosario in the lineup i understand putting peterson in there i felt like rosario probably would have been the guy who get who went in there but at the same time he hasn't exactly played that great this series but i definitely think it's a big loss so is a good bat he's got a lot of pop in his bat he's definitely i mean a lot of the runs i'm pretty sure in both games we've won he's scored runs or he's driven in runs so he's been one of the big guys for his postseason one of the big ads but hey this team won with Heredia in the outfield all season long i don't know why we can't do it today
1: I'm thinking it's because a left-handed pitcher is starting, and they don't want Jock and Rosario being both left-handed hitters. They, want the, they want the extra righty in the lineup with Herania. Uh He's a lefty fielder, but a right-handed hitter Heredia is. So that's that's kind of the reason that I, if I had to guess, that's probably why. And you know what? Jock's been a great bat off the bench. Rosario can do the exact same role. He's got, he's got the
0: pop to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Ben, you made it all great points there. Can't wait to see how this one plays out. It's gonna be a fun one. That's why we're podcasting a little bit earlier today. So we don't, I mean, we would not be paying anything attention to what each other's saying if we did this during the game. Um, anyway, next big story John Gruden is fired over an email that he sent out in 2015. Um, first off, I don't know if y'all I was not able to find the specific email, but I was able to read quotes out of the email and look. I'm sorry if this offends anyone, but it was absolutely hilarious. I was laughing my ass off about, especially about what he said about Goodell. I thought it was so funny, just things he said, but look you can't hold something against somebody that was sent back in 2015 in 2015. What he said was not a big deal. Not saying that it's not a big deal now, because now it is a big deal clearly because he got fired. I just think it's complete BS that Gruden gets fired over something. He said 2015 As minuscule as that. I guarantee you if we took those people's phones who were complaining about it and bitching about it, we could probably find something to get them kicked off the team or fired too, that they said back in 2015. So I mean, I just think it's complete bullshit, honestly, that John Gruden gets fired for that. And this is a Raiders team that's playing well. Now they have to deal with this, and they're probably done.
1: You just can't put, you can't put these words into writing. Because once you press send on the email, then it's out there forever. Mm-hmm. And that's just the old story about – this. I mean, you've heard it a million times. I'm sure your dad or mom has told you before. Um, you know, if he would have called Bruce Allen and said this over the phone, probably doesn't ever get out, but uh yeah. the fact that it's in writing, it's I don't, I mean, you you have to fire him. It, I, I know that it it might not have been a bigger deal, you know, in 2015, but in today's world, you just have to fire him. It, it's more of a distraction to keep him than it is to fire him. Yeah. Um You know, I'm sure he still gets money even though he's been fired, so uh, I'm sure he's okay with it in the long run, but yeah, and he won't be coaching ever again. He's an older guy in this, so he, you know, his coaching career is definitely over. My thing that I – the part that I thought was a little funny was – so at halftime the, of Monday Night Football, the, the news was broken by Adam Schefter, who, of course, is the NFL insider for ESPN. They said the first chain of emails they found was from seven years ago. Do you know what company John Gruden was working for seven years ago? ESPN. He was the Monday Night Football crew on ESPN. It's kind of funny to me that Adam Schefter was absolutely shitting on John Gruden for all this unprofessionalism, which is true. The very same company that employs Adam Schefter also didn't catch these emails, and if they did, it's even worse look because they were hiding it. I I don't think this is a great look for ESPN either. He was once an employee Mm -hmm. of theirs uh, for multiple years. He was working for them at this time. If you really think your company is not monitoring your email box, whether it's your Gmail, like they've seen it before. When they hired you, I'm sure they've seen your stuff. Um, it's kind of the bad luck all around. I, I think it's, I think it was necessary to fire him right away. Um, it's just the world we live in. So I, I have no remorse for him, but this doesn't make him a shit human being. He doesn't deserve death threats or anything like that. He just deserves to take the hard consequence, and that's his job.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He definitely deserved. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that you hold something over somebody's head that it was out long ago. But don't get me wrong, the comments he made definitely deserved to be fired in this day and age, you know. But I don't know. I think it's a little weak sauce that you go back five, seven years into somebody's past and pull that out to get them fired. I think that's someone must limb. have someone must have leaked it, don't you think? Absolutely. Somebody probably didn't like him and got him out of there, so always had success. The, do you see the memes that it, it was someone
1: in Urban Meyer's camp just so they would stop talking about him?
0: Yeah, no, I did see that. That was actually hilarious. Urban Meyer is probably a little relieved by that as well. Anyway, let's get back into some more sports-oriented stuff here, and let's talk about, Ben, you're un- unfortunately your Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, they did not come out to play on Saturday. Um you know, Ben, I'll kind of tell you what I think happened, and then I want your take on it. I'm sure you're pretty fired up. So the first thing I'm going to say is I felt like Alabama should have ran the ball more with Robinson. I mean, he only had like 26 carries or something like that. He's averaging like seven yards per carry. I felt like they should have kept the ball on the ground more, but also then again, at the same time, I just feel like as much as it feels weird to say, Nick Saban just got out outcoached. Jimbo Fisher came out there with kind of – I guess I, – I feel like there's no way that – that Jimbo Fisher and Dan Molden didn't have like an hour conversation at some point during the week or at least longer than that. Cause it felt like he came out there with the same, like Dan Molden game plan. And look, I know you said Bambo was down some guys on the defense that could have been what the issue was, but it wasn't even the fact, like Alabama was able to move the ball up and down in the field. I mean, they had that unfortunate where they didn't get it on fourth and goal, you know, and got stopped. But realistically they they had the ball and did enough on offense probably to win the game it was just the defense I mean Jimbo Fisher came up with a game plan to make Calizada I mean a guy looking back on it now I don't even know how Arkansas held him to 20 points you know like I don't know how Dan Mullen was able to or how Jimbo Fisher was able to get him confident for this game but he came out there with a confidence and a swagger and I mean they moved the ball up and down the field even in that third quarter they couldn't do anything somehow in the fourth quarter he mustered up enough for that game-winning drive and I mean, I just feel like that Jimbo wanted this one more. And he came out there with a game plan that somehow Saban couldn't, couldn't crack. What do you think, Ben?
1: Well, I definitely agree with you about the running part. There was uh they were, Ben was on the goal line first and goal. And they ended up going for it on fourth down four straight passing plays. Yeah, I mean, you have a monster of a running back behind you. He's a huge running back, Brian Robbins. And I, didn't understand that. Saban made a comment at the end of the game when he was asked about it. He said we didn't challenge them enough in the run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't see that in game. You didn't want to make that adjustment. Like it was pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so there was that part. You know, there's they must played two road games in two tough environments this year in uh, in Gainesville against Florida, then now in college station, they didn't look good in either game. Uh, to be honest with you. The defense couldn't get a stop in either game. It, they did for a small stretch uh third quarter in the A and M game. They did at one point A and M in the fourth quarter at one point AM had only run 13 plays. Yeah. In the second half. Like that's that was absurd. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter in the end. Um yeah, I agree with you. They didn't run the football enough. The Bryce Young interception at the goal line is awful. Um defense couldn't get a stop. I mean no pass rush. They had zero sacks. I can't remember the last time a Bama defense had zero sacks at the end of the game. And here's the other common theme. Both quarterbacks, Emory Jones and Calzada, both had career days against Alabama's defense. Mm-hmm. Both of them have not. Well, Calzada, we'll see what he looks like for the rest of the year. Emory Jones hasn't even come close to looking like he did against Bama. Didn't before, hasn't after. Calzada didn't before. We'll see if he can't after. I would I would assume he cannot because I don't think Same. he's that good of a quarterback. Just uh, right, right place at the right time for uh, the Aggies.
0: Yeah, you know, that's the parody in college football. Look, this stadium is absolutely electric. Over 100,000 fans get in that stadium. I
1: heard heard because I had two friends at the game. They said it was the second largest recorded uh, Texas A&M home crowd. They said it was the loudest it's ever been, according to Decibel Chart. And I've seen videos of the press box where the glass is shaking.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, you could even tell on TV how electric it was, all the ceremonies and stuff they're doing before while they were showing. Johnny Manziel
1: was at the game. If I would have known that, that's, that is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's all you might've needed to know right there. of Johnny Manziel at the game, but yeah, you know, One thing I do want to say, Ben, is I did predict before the season started that Alabama would lose this game to Texas A&M. Now, with watching the way the season played out, let's put it this way, I had two max bets going against Texas A&M in that game, so I did not think they actually had a chance, but look, I really think that it just comes down to in college football, man, that all these teams this year are pretty equal. I mean, Alabama's damn good. Don't get me wrong. I would say they're definitely in that tier one of teams, but like Alabama's just not, like Alabama's just not in that LSU, like that Al- Alabama team last year. You know, they're just not that team. And it's going to happen where you might lose one game on the road. I mean, that's one of the toughest environments in college football. There's just so much parity always in college sports, especially in college football. Like, We've just been blessed the last couple of years with these undefeated teams. We forget how hard it really is to go undefeated. I mean, we went through a stretch there for like eight, 10 years where there wasn't really anybody going undefeated, you know, where everybody was having one loss. And I mean, if you, sometimes in college football, we just like have unrealistic expectations, you know, that these teams are going to go through, that we're going to have four unbeaten teams playing in the final four, you know, it just doesn't play out like that. And I think on top of all of that, just that, the A&M, you know, like they like they literally don't make any sense. They lost last week at home to Mississippi State. It's just college football. It's a tough place to play. Crazy shit can happen in college football. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Calazana comes out next week. I don't even know who they play and throws five interceptions and Texas A&M loses by 10 points. You know, I would not be shocked at all. But you just got to give hats think, off to him, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. That was going to be my next point. It's like people are so obsessed with the idea of going undefeated. It doesn't happen that often. And also – Four out of Nick Saban's six national championships have come with the team that had one loss. He's only been undefeated as champion twice. So I don't know, like, I, that Bama losing is fantastic sport. It, it, you know, rejoices a lot of uh, fans around college football because it makes Saban and, and the Alabama football program seem human and not like Thanos. But it's, it, it's almost like they lose one game. And I know that A&M wasn't ranked, but they lose one game and everyone's like, they ride Bama off or, Someone's probably already written an article about how the dynasty's dead. It's like their season's not even over. They can still accomplish everything they set out to do with the one loss. It's just a little more difficult now. Now they have to win out. The SEC championship game does have meaning if they happen to make it. What I mean, this team gets in the playoff with one loss. Are you really going to hear people saying this team can't win at all?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly.
1: it's. One loss, it, it doesn't change their end goal. It, now, if they lose again, obviously it does, and we can ride we can ride on Alabama, rag them a little bit, and I will, I'll be an honest fan. Um, but, like, one loss against – like, one loss in an environment like that, like, that's better than Ohio State's loss. They lost at home. I know that a not ranked, but I would consider Alabama's loss on the road at A&M better than Ohio State losing to a ranked Oregon at home at Ohio State. I think yep. losing on the road is better than losing at home.
0: Absolutely. And I don't think Ohio State's going into Kyle Field and winning either. They're clearly too scared to play a good team like that, on the, to play an SEC team on the road, even like Texas A&M. So – I definitely agree with you there on that one. My kind of last point here with this, also, too, I felt like the wide receivers didn't really do y'all any favors. I felt like they had a decent bit of drops on big plays. They did. especially there when they had so much room to run. They had some drops. I felt like that happened. And then, you know, you, you said it best, Ben. Like, like, me and you were texting back and forth after this game was over and even during the game. We both said, well, it looks like the SEC championship is meaning now. They come out there and beat Georgia. Alabama's they right back in football. there. Yep. It's going to be fun to see how everything plays out. Speaking of how everything plays out, we have a new and improved Final Four. Yeah. Number one team in the nation is the Georgia Bulldogs, deservingly so. Number two team in the nation is Iowa. Number three was Cincinnati. And then number four, who is number four again? Number four. Ah. Uh, it's um is it oh, Oklahoma? is number four. Oklahoma. I thinking?
1: Yep. Yeah. I was tra- yeah, it's Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that one. And so now, Ben, my first question for you here, obviously this isn't the official Final Four just because this isn't released by the committee. This is just the AP poll. Do you think Cincinnati will be in there when the AP poll actually comes out, if they're still undefeated?
1: I don't because I don't think they get respected. I think people are going to look at Oklahoma and say that's a heck of a comeback win. Throughout the circumstances, they had Texas was, uh, you know, up kind of big. I forgot what their largest lead was. You know, your quarterback changing, I think that counts as adversity. Um, it was a comeback win. You can't honestly say Oklahoma's win wasn't impressive because Oklahoma or because Texas does look like a good football program this year. So, no, I don't think Cincinnati is going to get respected. Um, I, I mean. What was Cincinnati in this poll? Were they six?
0: Um, in the in co- the coaches' poll, they're four, and then before oh, they're the, yeah, three, so be- three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before that, they're five.
1: Yeah, I think. Let me change that. Then I think because they're three, I think they will get in. I think if they were listed as four in this poll. I could see them being out, but I can't think of a team that would be ahead of who would be ahead of them.
0: Maybe Ohio State. Maybe Alabama. Maybe even Penn th- State. I don't think so. I don't think
1: so. I think the teams that all have one loss for now would be outside looking in on on Cincinnati.
0: See, I agree with you completely. I think as long as Cincinnati stays undefeated, they deserve to be in the final four. We'll see how everything plays out. Maybe pull them out on that after championship conference championship Saturday. You know, if you have one loss, Ohio State undefeated, Oklahoma, um, Georgia, and I mean, actually, that wouldn't even make sense. But anyway. Regardless,
1: Bama beat, if, Bama, if a one-loss Bama beat Georgia, who was undefeated SEC championship, would they put Bama and answers? Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. See, so it's really going to come down to all that and how all these teams play out. Look, I think Oklahoma. Honestly, Caleb Williams looked like Kyler Murray out there. I haven't seen a player that electric in college football at like quarterback probably since Kyler Murray was in college football. I mean, don't get me wrong, Lawrence Fields, all those guys, Mac Jones, Tua, all those guys were good, but Caleb Williams, just the way that he makes plays in the backfield like don't get me wrong his receivers definitely made some plays for him but he made some insane moves in the backfield to get even just crazy passes off into the end zone that Oklahoma team felt like they were bought into when he came in it felt like they didn't like playing for Spencer Rattler when he came in the team was happy and excited and was making plays all over the field I think his Oklahoma team even has to be looked at different because the fact they're able to come back and win that game and just the way that it all went down was absolutely crazy I also can't believe that Spencer Rattler hasn't hit the transfer portal yet.
1: It's tough middle middle of the season. He might at the end of the season. But uh, you know, Caleb Williams' first play from scrimmage it was that fourth down they called the timeout. They ended up going for it. He ran all the way to the house. Yeah. Um, he played well. I mean, Spencer Rather came at the end of the game. He had the two point conversion that was big for the team. Um, I thought it was interesting. Did you see the video of him walking to the locker room mm-hmm. while the team was celebrating on the field? The team ended up taking a team photo on the field. I don't think Spencer Rattler is in that photo. I think he's in the locker room at the time, so that's interesting. Uh, I don't watch enough Oklahoma games at the final buzzer. I kind of switch the channel once the game's off. So I don't know if they do this every game, but I did see Lincoln Riley and his wife smiling and giving a hug to Kalen Williams at the end of that game. So if that's not something that they do every week, that's a telltale sign. Um, Well, I I I don't think – I don't think Rattler's done. I really wouldn't be shocked if they both played next week, whoever they play. Um, I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to give up on Rattler like this because I think it kind of sends a a little bit of a message to future recruits and stuff like, hey, you screw up, once, big, and I'm never coming back to you kind of thing.
0: Well, last year too, remember Rattler got replaced and then he had his chance to come back in, you know, I don't think it's sending yeah. a bad message. I really feel like he's given Rattler chance after chance after chance. And I mean, when a guy comes Winning.
1: in, they're undefeated.
0: Yeah, but I mean, when a guy looks as good as Caleb Williams does in an offense that really couldn't move the football until Caleb Williams. I mean, literally that looked like the regular Oklahoma offense that we watch every single Saturday that we thought we were getting yeah, when did. the season started. I just don't see how you can go back to Rattler as much as you might want to um they had they actually play tcu this week so that game is going to be a that's gonna be a big time one it's a lot, lot of questions
1: a lot of questionable people for tcu this week running back zach evans is questionable quarterback duggan is is
0: questionable and Ooh. someone else is wow see i'm glad you pointed that out i didn't even know that i might have to take the tcu but um yeah you know i feel like this oklahoma team though with caleb williams in there if he if he that he didn't just catch lightning in a pan that game you know or lightning in a bottle I feel like this team is as good as I thought they were before the season started when I predicted them to win the national championship. That was the Oklahoma I was expecting all season long that we watched on Saturday. Um, ben, sure. do, you th- do you think Iowa, Iowa deserves to be a top four, to, or do you think Iowa will be in the top four when the season's all said and done?
1: Well, if they went out, yeah. Um, I think right now I, I would be fine with having. You know, I are they four? I mean, they're two, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I'm fine with them being two. You know, I think the narrative with Iowa, and I've talked about it, I think mm-hmm. you've agreed with me. And then when you hear Iowa, people are like, well, their offense isn't great. They're boring on offense. Like, But it doesn't matter. Like, it matters that they're winning football games. They're embarrassing the opposing quarterbacks left and right. The, the Two turnovers in, like, every single game so far. They did it again against Penn State. And you know what? There's There's a big what if. What if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt? You can't play the what-if game. You'll you'll drive yourself crazy. The fact is he did get hurt, and the fact is Iowa took advantage of a backup quarterback, and they won the game. And you know what I think a big point of that is? That goes back to the transfer portal. Do you remember who Penn State's backup quarterback was supposed to be this year?
0: Yeah, Will Levis, who left for Kentucky.
1: Well, now that the transfer portal is a thing, you can go anywhere and play right away. He left for Kentucky. And you know what? There's a lot of teams in the country that do not have a serviceable backup quarterback. I'll tell you right now, if Bryce Young gets hurt, I'm not confident in Bama's backup. Ohio State's got a pl- a plentiful of guys. Clemson hasn't changed their quarterback because they probably don't have anyone behind DJ. They it's, don't. They have you know, a
0: walk-on behind DJ. Georgia's, Georgia's been a l- not lucky because he's been
1: on the team. He's, he's earned his right to play, but they're fortunate to have a guy like Stetson Bennett. And no. it's worked out for them. Also Penn, State those- didn't, Penn State didn't have a Stetson Bennett behind them. As soon as Clifford got hurt, that game flipped. Iowa took the lead eventually and didn't look back. I, they deserve to be, too. They deserve to get more credit than they have been. But they still have a long way to go because the Big Ten knocks each other out of the park because they're so deep that conference.
0: Yeah. Um. First thing I want to say real quick is I think Stetson Bennett is good for college football because it kind of shows that you need to stick around at big-time programs like that. Like Stetson Bennett Mac could Jones. probably be – yeah, and Mac Jones too. Like they're, they're they are perfect examples. Like Stetson Bennett, shit, he could probably be playing quarterback at like like. Do you think Stetson Bennett would go to a, that good of a program? Hell no, he'd probably be playing quarterback at like Kent State or Colorado State instead. He is helping. He was Georgia a, a walk on
1: at Georgia originally, and then earned his scholarship. He left, went to JUCO, played well, wanted to come back because Georgia was his dream school. They allowed him to come back, and then he got a scholarship.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, not only does this guy deserve to be doing what he's doing and is, does it look awesome, but, like, this guy is the proof, man. Like, think about it. Like we were just saying, he could be playing quarterback at, like, Colorado State. Instead, he's out here helping the Georgia Bulldogs win a national championship. Uh, you tell me which one you'd rather do. Anyway. you on that things, car? Are we, you saying say? Georgia,
1: are we saying Georgia to win a
0: national championship right now? Uh, I mean as as of right now I would definitely say George that I just don't see how Georgia They're would be With the current the final favorite. four I would take Georgia to beat any of these teams head to head. But I, yeah, I mean so would I. we'll see how all these teams look. I mean if sets in minutes still playing quarterback when the final when the final four actually happens I don't know if I would take Georgia to win it all at that point but still we'll see it. we'll see how everybody looks but as of right now today I would definitely take Georgia to win it all. Um back to Iowa though. Look I don't want to demean on their victory. Sean Clifford did throw two interceptions, but this offense was five for eight on third down until Sean Clifford got hurt. After Sean Clifford got hurt, they didn't get a single third down the rest of the game. This They had five false starts with that rookie, with that freshman quarterback in, and he got three on his first he he could even take his first snap. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna take away from this win here, but I definitely think Clifford going out changed a lot of this game and everything. That freshman was clearly not ready. Now, do I think Iowa deserves to be in the final four? Absolutely. I think until they lose, they deserve to be this high. I mean, they beat, don't get me wrong, beating Indiana doesn't look as good as it did before the season started, but still they beat the number 17 team in the nation. They went on the road to Iowa State and beat them when they were in the top ten. I mean, they've literally pe- beat every single opponent on their schedule so far. The rest of their schedule is a joke, luckily. The only hard game is – it's only because it's at Wisconsin that I'm saying it's a hard game. Wisconsin looks terrible, though, but still playing in that stadium can be hard. At Nebraska, maybe. But this team will definitely be undefeated come the Big Ten. Honestly, though, I think this defense might be the second-best defense in college football behind Georgia's. Georgia's team, unquestionably, has the best defense. That's the best unit in all of college football is that Georgia's defense. but. Yeah. I feel like this Iowa team cannot beat a team like Ohio State, cannot beat a team like maybe a healthy Penn State. I just feel like that these teams that they're going to go up against in the Big Ten Championship, I just don't think Spencer Petrus is explosive enough of a quarterback. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That game was pretty tough to watch, man. It'd be like first – they would just try screens. He was throwing the ball away a ton. I mean, that literally looks like you were watching like early 2000s offense, you know, going up against a defense. It was terrible.
1: I'm not sure if he has to be explosive.
0: Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking
1: they have the second best, second best defense in the country, which I agree with. So why couldn't they shut down Ohio State?
0: I mean, hey, that's that's definitely a valid point. I just feel like at some point in time this season, they're going to get stuck against a team that's going to have an answer for their defense, and they're not going to have an answer for them offensively. I mean, that was why I picked Maryland and when I bet against them on Friday. I felt like Maryland had an explosive offense. Obviously, that was a terrible freaking pick. Maryland looked even worse this week. So, you know, I just feel I just can't 100% buy into the offense at the same time, though. It is kind of those you have to look at the whole landscape of college football. There's probably only like seven or eight offenses in all of college football that can really expose their defense, you know, but I just feel like with their teams left on their big 10 schedule, I mean, Illinois, Minnesota, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Purdue, Nebraska, none of those teams have a dynamic offense enough to beat them. It's probably only Ohio state or Penn state.
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, their defense can carry them. We've we've seen it in college Mm -hmm. football. Um, We'll see. They've literally forced the turn- two turnovers for every quarterback they've played so far. Yep. At least one, I believe it's two, though, in every game. So that hasn't slowed down at all. I mean, if they continue to to help their offense by getting good field position, then you don't have to have that explosive of an offense necessarily. You see, you put points on the board.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, Ben. I agree with you completely. I mean, this offense, honestly, only if they can get twenty four points they'll have a chance to win every game. So be interesting to see how everything plays out as the season keeps on going. Something tells me that Cincinnati is going to trip up somewhere. I just don't get me wrong. the schedule's a joke. I just feel like they're going to trip up somewhere eventually. So we'll see what SMU happens. You won't be. Oh yeah. SMU won't be easy. Even though they screwed me on by kneeing out the clock on the one yard line, that hurt anyway. Um,
1: their, their quarterback is a former Oklahoma guy.
0: Yep. Another one of those guys who answered answer the transfer portal. So That'd be massive if they can win that. So I don't know when they play each other. It's coming up soon here, but
1: it's I think it's later in the year, like maybe fourth to last week or third to
0: last week. That'll probably be college game day. They love to do games like that, so that'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Anyway, let's move on now to the NFL as we're back after talking about Gruden earlier. We'll talk about some of the bigger storylines that happened on the field. Look, there might be some bigger storylines in this one, but we got to give Ben Gore with some credit here, guys. Ben said that he felt like Herbert was a generational player, that he was one of those quarterbacks that only comes around every few years. He said this Chargers team was a playoff team. I did not agree with him. Look, I know it is only week six or we're going into week six here, but Ben, not only does Justin Herbert look like a generational quarterback, but this Chargers team's got something going. Brandon Staley, he seems to have the magic at coach. He always knows when to go for it. I mean, his offense is absolutely unstoppable. He dials up the defense and he gets the defense to show up when he needs them. I mean – That game was absolutely crazy against Cleveland. That was probably the most fun football game I've watched in a while, just watching how that one played out on Sunday. But Ben, this Chargers offense is the real deal. I mean, Mike Williams looks like Mike Williams back at Clemson catching touchdowns from Deshaun Watson upsetting your Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, Keenan Allen still looks like good old Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler now one of the best. I mean, this Chargers offense literally looks like how the Chiefs offense did when they first started using Mahomes. I mean, this team is absolutely electric. They're a tough team to go up against every single week. I'm not going to lie, Ben, I think they're going to win this division. i feel like they have enough playmakers like th- they have the perfect defense they have a secondary that flies around and makes plays and they have Joey Bosa and other pass rushers that can make the plays for them to get those sacks
1: yeah I mean you, you described them perfectly I mean think about their weapons on offense they have Austin Eckler's one of uh, one of the better running backs in the league very good at pass catching as well Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as a receiver all you needed was for Mike Williams to stay healthy mm-hmm. I get that it's not something he's done but it's still a great team. Then obviously Herbert's legs are another weapon. You know, you go to the defense, it's they lost two of their best two of their best defensive players last year. They lost yeah. Derwin James, who is a phenomenal safety in the NFL, and they lost Joey Bosa, who's a top five pass rusher in the NFL. I mean, they just need guys to stay healthy. I texted you on draft day when they drafted Asante Sando Jr. I said, That's that's a great pick. I said, It's mm-hmm. another guy. That can play right alongside Derwin James, and they both are ball hawks all over the field. They they are everywhere. If there's a ball in the air, Derwin James or Asante Samuel Jr. One of them is around the football, and they're finally healthy. They're you know the rookie head coach is being aggressive. He's he knows exactly how he wants to coach his team. A lot of trust between the uh, coaches and players right now. Everyone's in sync. Yeah, they're good enough to win this division the way the Chiefs' defense
0: looks. Yeah, Ben, perfect segue right there. Let's talk about the biggest game of the entire weekend. Kansas City Chiefs take on Buffalo Bills. Buffalo goes into Arrowhead and stomps them. I mean, it was funny listening to the broadcast because Chris Collinsworth went from – went from saying, you know, Mahomes is this, that, you know, how he does every single week. Collinsworth loves to brag on Mahomes. Instead all said, Oh man, this Josh Allen guy, he's the MVP. And it was almost like he was getting backed up too, from Al Michaels. That was absolutely, or from Mike Tirico. That was absolutely hilarious to listen to. It was kind of them shifter in the game, but quite frankly, Buffalo went in there and whooped their ass. And I mean, Buffalo showed that Kansas city's defense doesn't exist. They basically went in there, started running the ball at first. They had decent success doing that. They were tearing them up in the pass game. And then it was like, they had nobody to check Josh Allen. Now, look, I think the first thing to just kind of discuss here is, are the chiefs a playoff team with how bad this defense is? I think they are. I still think they're going to figure something out. Typically the best teams are the teams that get better as the season goes on, you don't see them play their best football to start the season off. I feel like Kansas City's that way. This offense is still dynamic and explosive. Now, the Bills' defense is damn good. The Bills might have the best offense and defense combination in the league, and it showed when they picked Mahomes off and picked him in there in the second half. Mahomes clearly looked frustrated and kind of confused with them, but I still think this Kansas City team has a lot of room to grow and get better. They're going to get guys back from injuries. They're missing some guys in this game, but also, too, it just felt weird to me they didn't really make any, like, changes during halftime, you know, because they were stuck in the locker room for so long with that storm. I felt like I was like, damn, Kansas City might come out here and make some changes. They didn't make any kind of changes whatsoever, but part of me also feels like Kansas, Andy Reid and Kansas City just said, you know what, screw it. We're just going to stick with what we're doing. If it doesn't work, whatever, we'll have a better game plan when we see them in the playoffs because, I mean – that's probably going to be the AFC championship game. Why give them your best look now when you can hold on to it and get a better idea of what you need to do to stop them as the season goes on and then show it then Not saying that that was definitely their logic but I don't know it just felt it just felt weird you know'
1: I'm beat by a better team Buffalo is better um, every aspect of the game they're, they're better right now and the thing with the Chiefs is that defense is I mean they they couldn't stop a high school team if you put up against Mike. It's it's bad, and Mahomes continuously runs for his life every single week because mm-hmm. they didn't address the offensive line. And you and I talked about it in a group text. Mahomes needs to restructure his contract because not only – I mean, he's making $500 million. One, do you really need that much money? Two, you take that money. They're not going to be able to pay Kelsey when his deal is up, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be able to pay Tyreek Hill because I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Both of them are not taking a pay cut so that Patrick Mahomes can make five hundred million dollars
0: in his Absolutely contract.
1: Not. And you know what? They need a lot of help on defense. I'm not sure if the injuries that they're gonna get back even make that much of a difference. They need like trade pieces. They need to bring people in. Uh, I still think this is a playoff team because the Broncos are are gonna fade and the Raiders are fading even before Thanksgiving this year. Um because I think this division is still good enough that have two teams get in. So I think the Chiefs will get in. I still think they have a chance to win the division because I don't think they'll lose to the Chargers twice. They'll have to beat them in L.A., but I think that, that they can do that. For now, I'm going to say they make the playoffs, but uh, they need some help and they need it right now. I, I think I trust Andy Reid enough. I think he's a good enough coach that he'll make adjustments.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely on that, Ben. Andy Reid's good enough for the coach. He's going to figure out a way to make adjustments and figure things out as season goes on. Buffalo looks like the Super Bowl team right now. Um, yeah, that seems to be tough. To a beat. lot of teams from the,
1: N- the NFC is packed, though.
0: Oh, yeah. The NFC, really nobody has pulled away yet. team that is currently 6-0 and holds the best record of the entire NFC, that would be the Arizona Cardinals. Ben, do you think this Cardinals team is the, really the best team in the NFL by their record?
1: I don't think they're the best team in the NFL, but it is an impressive 6-0. You know what? I was kind of impressed with them this past week because they found a way to win a game when they didn't play their best football. The defense played well all game. I think the final score was like 17-10. Their offense didn't play well. Kyler Murray struggled to move the ball downfield. DeAndre Hopkins was guarded pretty well. Uh, You know, a lot of their secondary – like, Ronda Moore had a great game, but A.J. Green was kind of held in check. And they still found a way to win this game. And it, it kind of shows how many weapons that they have in Cliff Kingsbury's, you know, treasure chest of toys that he has to play with on offense. It's amazing what Rondell Moore was able to do. I really mm-hmm. am shocked he fell that far in the draft. I know he didn't play that last year in college, um, injuries and, and COVID, but he was the fastest player in college. Like he was faster than Jalen Waddle. He was maybe the same speed as Waddle. And I just don't understand how he fell, but he's really helping them out. They're great. You know, J.J. Watt has has come in. He hasn't done a ton, but he has solidified a more consistent pass rush. You know, pass rush is one of those things where just because you don't get the sacks, it doesn't mean you're not affecting the line. Yep. You know, J.J. Watt can take on double team still and give someone else a, a one-on-one. You know, they're just playing well. I think the defense is flying around the field. I'm not sure I noticed... Buda Baker changed his numbers. I didn't know that in the offseason, but he got an interception this week, and the announcer said Buda Baker. And I was like, oh, that's where he is. I was looking for number 32 all along, and he changed his number. So, listen, the offense is great. They found a way to win a game when their offense wasn't clicking 100%, and that's very impressive to have. I still think, I still think they'll have some losses, but I do think they're a very good team.
0: Yeah, I agree I agree with you completely, Ben. I think this team will lose some games. I think they are a good team, but I just don't think they're the best team in the NFC. Look, 49ers can pretty much shut down their offense in this game. I unfortunately watched this whole game because I did have a max bet on the 49ers, which unfortunately it was plus five and a half, so did not hit. But they got very fortunate to tackle Trey Lance on the one-inch line. Um, their defense played well, but the 49ers seemed to do something this offense. Also, too, Kyler Murray got banged up a little bit, so that's something to watch for. I remember last year when he hurt his shoulder that – he did not uh, play as well, but at the same time, you made a great point. You got to find ways to win games when your strength is not working. Clearly this team's strength has been outscoring teams and it was not working for him, but they found a way to do it and get it done still, which definitely got to say hats off to them. I think Arizona is a really good team here, but I just don't think that they're the one of the class of the league. I feel like that there's still Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust him at all as a coach. He's never been to the playoffs. He wasn't a very successful coach at Texas tech. I'm, um, I mean, I, I I like this team, but I just feel like that they're still too young. You know, I like you said, you know, they have some great additions on defense. They fly around and make plays. It's just not their time yet. I feel like that, you know, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs this year. Like, there's no doubt about it that they're a playoff team. They're going to take that next step, but it's just a step too soon. They might end up being – who knows? They could have the best record in the regular season. I just do not think that they're the best team in the NFL.
1: Who's your early MVP right now? <sighs>
0: Oh, that's such a tough one. But I mean, as of right now, if the season ended today, I would give it to Kyler Murray just because the fact is team six and zero, oh, you know. But a lot can change between now and then. I mean, at one point last year, Russell Wilson was like minus two seventy five, and he didn't even end up coming close. I would say probably Kyler. What about you, Josh Allen? Yeah,
1: no, I'd give it to Kyler, but Josh Allen's right there. He's, I mean, he's six and zero. Oh. He beat the Rams, so that's an impressive win. Uh, let's talk about Russell Wilson just real quick. He's yeah. going to be out for a long. He's going to be out for a long time. Um, I think the Seahawks' chances in making the playoffs are just below 10% probably right now. Um, they're sticking with Geno Smith. They have not, there's been no reports of them even looking for Cam Newton or, or any quarterback like that. Um,
0: what do you think? Look, I think Geno's serviceable. I don't think he's that great. At the same time, though, when I look at the Seahawks team, I think the offensive line sucks. I think the defense is terrible. I mean, I remember I, I saw this thread on Twitter of people basically showing all these plays where the Jamal Adams was not in position at all playing safety and was allowing big plays like that big touchdown to Sean. Or I don't even know if it even went for a touchdown, but Sean Jackson had like a 60-yard catch on, on Thursday night. It was because Jamal Adams is completely out of position. Look, I think their money's invested in the wrong spots on defense. They don't have the pass rushing they need. I just feel like this team has a lot of problems, and I think they definitely will miss the playoffs now at this point. Um, Gino Smith, though, is serviceable. Look, he's not terrible. He's not great either. I'd probably say he's within the top 40 best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's probably like 39 or 40, though. But I think he can win a couple games for them. I don't think they're going to win many games, though. I feel like the Seahawks team, though, this is just a tough break. And Russell Wilson, you know, he, him and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett make up for a lot of the – uh of the bad on this team. And I just feel like that Gino is not, he's not even close to the same level as Russell Wilson. So I think the Seahawks are season is over effectively.
1: Yep. And Sam Darnold may have showed us who he really is. Uh, he looked really, really bad against the Eagles this past week. Um, not great. I actually know some friends who were at that game as well. Very home Eagles crowd. And the game was played in Carolina. That's, that's the reports I heard. Which yeah, Eagles I'm- fans travel, but that's, there was a little bit of a boo bird action for Darnold after he threw that last reception. and couldn't come back.
0: Yeah. That was about the same Darnold that I was expecting though. You know, I'm, I, I, I just think it's all, you know, the offensive coordinator. He's Jamis. Yeah. He,
1: he's, I mean, he doesn't play the same way as Jamis. Jamis is better arm, but you're going to get, it's a week to week situation. Some weeks it's Kirk cousins too. Some weeks mm-hmm. you're going to look great. A decent out of the weeks, you're not going to look so great.
0: Yep. That's just the fact of the matter with him. Um, Last thing that I really want to talk about, I don't know if you have any other topics that you want to throw in there as well. Look, I think Lamar Jackson honestly is not getting the type of respect that he deserves in an NFL quarterback here. Look, Lamar Jackson is actually, this season, been a, been lights out passing the ball. I saw a stat earlier today. He is more total offense this season than eight teams in the NFL. How crazy is that? that wow. Six weeks in, he can have more offense than that. His, his MVP odds got cut in half. He threw for 442 yards last night. Lamar Jackson has actually been a much better passer. Look. He's although I'm not going to sit here and say he's he's like 20 times better. He's a completely accurate. He threw some bad balls last night, but at the same time, look, Lamar Jackson is still, in my opinion, he his throwing and his ability to play pure quarterback, I would say is above average in the league. And you put that in with him being the best running quarterback in the entire NFL, and it's not even close to anybody being even in his area code with how good he is at running the football. That still makes you a top 10 quarterback in the league. I feel like that last year he got exposed a little bit for not being able to throw and teams had more of a game plan. But the way he's throwing the ball this year, it's tough to beat this Ravens team. You know, I mean, shoot, they probably would have beaten that, beaten the Raiders in that game if Lamar didn't have that fumble. I mean, other than that, they don't have any blemishes and they found ways to win in the NFL. You don't get, it's not all about covering the spread. It's all about finding ways to win and keep on winning. I mean, it's a tough league to keep winning the way, especially the way they have, like last night, they somehow found a way to win. Look, I think Lamar Jackson not getting the credit he deserves though. And, his offense is not even that high powered. It's literally just Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown and him. Somehow they continue to do it every single week. I think he deserves a little bit more credit. And he's my dark horse to win MVP. Not saying he's going to win it, but I feel like we're going to look up in week 12 and people are going to be like, holy shit, Lamar Jackson's throwing for. Two hundred fifty plus every game, picking up eighty plus on the ground, in his team's winning games. Also, too, he's gone over his yards prop every single week throwing the football. So, I mean, that means he's he is exceeding our our expectations for his ability to throw the football.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree. I think he's been great throwing the football, and it's been with the receiving core that, quite honestly, I've made fun of multiple times here and there. Same. Um, it's impressive. Uh, he he's all teams also four and one or five and one now. Um, so, they're winning football games. He's committed to throwing the football now. He, he's actually staying in the pocket longer mm-hmm. than he used to. He, he still occasionally will look at one guy if he's not up and take off, but yeah. that's fine. Like, you can't, do, you know, he's the classic example of he's a Ferrari and you, you need to keep the keys in his hands. You, you can't take anything away from him. If he's more comfortable running on a certain play and it doesn't work out, you just say, hey, they happened to tackle him. Because if you tell him don't, don't run or run less, then it affects his mental game. It'll affect the way he throws the football. He looks like he's being him. Uh, I want to give credit to their offense coordinator and John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is the type of coach that has so much trust in, in uh, Lamar Jackson. We've seen it countless times. You know, he said, that one time he said, Lamar, do you want to go for two? Lamar said, yes. Perfect. Let's line up and go for two then. The comeback that they had is – is astonishing to be honest with you the colts in their history were 120 and zero when having a lead of 16 points or more in the fourth quarter and lamar jackson i mean he had to get two touchdowns and two two two-point conversions and did that then you got to get a little bit lucky with the coin toss get the coin toss and then win the game it was just a great comeback i agree with everything you said about lamar's passing ability he's improved
0: yeah, 100%. And that's what makes this Ravens team a good team again. Yeah, like you, you even hit the nail on the head, Ben. they got to get better receivers in here for him still. Imagine if he had a guy like Nuke Hopkins. Sammy and-
1: Walk- I will say I will say, he hasn't found the end zone. I don't think he scored this year, but Sammy Watkins was a nice addition. Uh, he played some championship football on the Chiefs. He, he's a pretty strong-handed, catches everything that kind of comes to him. Hollywood Brown looks great. He had that one bad week with the drops. Mark Andrews is healthy. So there's at least three respectable targets. I think they could use one more. Uh, maybe like a big guy just because Hollywood you know some guy to combat Watkins on the outside because Hollywood Brown's a little bit more of a slot guy and, and Mark Andrews is obviously a tight end so um, maybe maybe try and get like a uh, kind of a taller receiver, but you know we'll see. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens added you know towards about yeah. halfway through the season. I think they know they could use some help on offense. I think they're willing to go get it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Also, too, they did draft Tylen Wallace and Rashad Bateman. Neither of those guys have really seen the field at all, but they did draft with those guys. Anything else you think we need to go over before we get up out of here, Ben?
1: Uh, that's about it. It looks like the Astros are currently winning 5-1 to one in the top of the sixth inning. If they win that, that's a clinch game. Yep. that means the ALCS the American League Championship series would be the Astros versus the Red Sox which is a fantastic series a lot of storylines there that you and I will eventually get to the Braves are winning 2 to 1 in the series they try and close it out tonight uh and the Dodgers are down 2 to 1 against the Giants the Giants are trying to close it out tonight as well
0: yep um Trying to think nothing else from me over here, but Ben is on point with the baseball. We will definitely be talking about the series coming up here soon and whatnot. But Ben, let's get out of here. We appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.